welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Certainly, all power belongs to God. As Hezekiah Walker was saying, it belongs to God. Undeniable, undisputed, all power belongs to God. Certainly, I, I pray and hope that you're in agreement with that. Uh, because he is sovereign God. Thank you for tuning in to Sunday Morning Live, presented again by Cornerstone Apostolic Church in the city of Pomona, California. Our worship service begins at 8 a.m. and Tuesday inside the pages. Our Bible class, which are, you are listening to this evening, begins at 7 p.m. We're journeying through the book of Ezekiel. If you've missed any uh, of the messages, you can visit ConnectingTruth.org. Again, that is ConnectingTruth.org uh, to enhance your walk uh, with Christ. You'll be able to access uh, the archive of messages uh, on the website. Just click God on Demand. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Uh, my prayer is that something is said to, uh, to draw you closer, to better your understanding, so that uh, you'll be able to hear the Lord voice say well done good and faithful serving we believe the bible is the word of god therefore we are faithful bold the church of god facing opposition by obeying the word of god and we do that in jesus name for there's no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved there's no other name for salvation there's no other name that has been given uh, that can complete the task and do what needs to be done except the name of Jesus. I want to direct your attention to the book of Ezekiel, the first chapter, uh, verse 1 uh, through 10 uh, on your device or your pages, whichever you prefer. Now, we're currently in chapter 20, but I want to go back and recap uh, some of the things that we have studied, some of the things that we have looked at for those that are coming aboard, uh, those that are onboarding uh, to bring you up to a certain place that we've already gone through, uh, something that you may already know, something that you may learn. The Bible says, now it came to pass in the 13th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzai in the land of the Chaldeans by the river of Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the mist thereof, as the color of amber, out of the mist of the fire. Also, out of the mist thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of man, and everyone had four faces, everyone had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the soles of calf's foot. And they sparkle like the color of, of burnish or 
burnished brass, and they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and their four had faces and their wings. Their wings were joined together to, to another. They turned not when they went, they went everyone straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side. And they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. I want to take a thought uh, from the passages that we just read. Four faces, one direction. Four faces, one direction. There's three things that solidified Ezekiel's call to ministry that should not be ignored. Uh, many people uh, claim to be called to ministry because they look at it and they think it's something glamorous. They don't count up the cost. They don't know about the labor that's involved or, or the, they totally exclude the fact that it is a calling. It is not something that uh, that you take on as a profession like you would a doctor, lawyer or an Indian chief. Uh, this is a calling. And so there are three things that solidified Ezekiel's call to ministry. First, the Bible says that the heavens were open and he saw a vision of God. The word, second, the word of the Lord came expressively. Uh, it was specific. It was deliberate. It was clear. When there's a calling on your life, it is clear. It is specific and others see it. It's not something that your friends uh, say, hey, yeah, man, that's a good idea that you should become a minister. You know, that seems to be very lucrative because it's not. Uh, there are uh, maybe your grandmother heard you excited and, and testifying and thought you was going to be a preacher or something of that nature. Uh, that's excitement. That is not necessarily a call uh, into the ministry on the level in which Ezekiel was called into. And third, he said the hand of the Lord was upon him. And so there are three things that uh, when looking for a church home or or speaking with the minister, there should, there's three things that to be noted. Uh, one, that they have a vision of the Lord. Two, is that they are called and it is expressed, it is deliberate, it is clear, and the hand of the Lord is upon them. These things should not be ignored. Many claim to be prophets and messengers. They have never had a vision, never received a word from the Lord, or was validated by him. When we look in the book of Acts, the second chapter in the 22nd verse, it says, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So there is an evidence that and there is an overwhelming uh, body of witnesses that there is a call upon your life. I, I remember when I was called into ministry, uh, I, I, there was year, at least a year that went by and I just became quiet because it was very, um, it's very fearful thing to know what's, what's happening in your life. And there were those that came by the mother of the church came and said, I see you hiding over there. And I see the call of God on you. I see the hand of God. The, the pastor said, I see it. I, I, I saw it 
uh, when you came through the door and now it's that time. And there were others that saw and validated the work of the ministry. God validates the work of the ministry. Uh, Hebrews 2, 3, and 4 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, God also bearing them witness with both signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Uh, working of signs and wonders and miracles and even the gift an indwelling spirit of God is according to the will of God. Ezekiel said, I looked. He saw a vision. He said, I looked at it. Uh, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north and a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and the brightness was about it and out of the mist thereof as the color of amber and out of the mist of the fire. He saw a whirlwind from the north, a great cloud, a fire enfolding it, meaning it was alive and the color amber, browns, uh, not talking about the amber, the 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 liquid that have come together and created an amber color, but talking about a bronze, a illumination in which he had saw, which represented God or the judgment of God. And you'll find that in Revelations uh, and also in the book of Hebrews, that judgment and uh, different things, color has representation of, of different uh, things or gifts or judgments or rewards or purity or or a state of being. Uh, Jesus said, uh, or the Lord said in the Old Testament, he said, uh, come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. So there's a representation of, of color that has meaning to it in our lives. Revelation 1 and 15 says that his feet was like unto fine brass, as if they burn in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Hebrews 12 and 29 said, for our God is a consuming fire. So what Ezekiel was seeing was a representation of the power of God. You will be exposed to the power of God when you're seeking him. You're exposed to the power of God when he calls you. Uh, the Bible said the goodness of God leads us to repentance. That is the power of God. Uh, the Bible said some are drawn out the fire by fear. Others are drawn out the fire by love. And, and so there is a, a, a power, a display of power that God uses to get our attention. And in this instance, Ezekiel said, I saw a whirlwind coming out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it and out of the mist thereof as the color of amber out of the mist of the fire. The atmosphere of Ezekiel's vision is powerful. It's authoritative and it's fierce, but not destructive. When we look at what he saw, it was not destroying anything, but it was there. It was evident. It was powerful. It was frightening. It was it was something that could not and can never be ignored. When God sends a word, when God sends a vision, when God sends a message, it is something that is powerful and cannot be ignored. The atmosphere of Ezekiel's vision was as powerful and as authoritative 
and fierce as a nuclear bomb or anything that could ever come to mind because the power of God is greater than anything. It is not a Wizard of Oz production, but the image of complete sovereignty. God is sovereign and we should treat him as being sovereign God. We should honor him no matter what, how we feel, how we might be. We could be having a bad day. It doesn't take away from God's sovereignty. It doesn't take him off the throne because things are not going right among us. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't displace God. It doesn't dethrone him because somebody says something ugly or because we stump our foot. God is still sovereign. When we find ourselves in situations, whether it is something that we self-inflicted ourselves or something that someone else caused, God is still on the throne. I'm sure this was unbelievably frightening, but he looked, he looked, he couldn't help it. He looked, he looked at what was going on. God does not send a message for you to stop your ears. He doesn't send a message or a vision for you to turn away from. He doesn't open a channel of communication to be ignored. Some stop their ears. Some close their eyes. Others try to ignore it. But we're all accountable for whatever God is trying to say. What He's making it plain. He's making it clear. Uh, he's not attempting. When I say the word trying, he is not attempting. His message is plain. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible said the word of God, the message of salvation in Proverbs is so clear a fool will not even err. I'm sure that when he looked at this, he was wondering and, and at all as far as what was going on. Out of the midst of the whirlwind and the cloud and the fire enfolding was the likeness of four living creatures. The creatures had the likeness of man. Each of them had four faces. Now we're not gonna be able to talk about all four faces, but we'll examine, we'll get as far as we can in the time that we have. And so uh, there is uh, four faces and each one of them had four wings and their feet were straight feet and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass and they had the hands of men under their wings on their four sides and their four uh, had faces and their wings and the wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. Uh, in other words, they had a straight path. They didn't turn, they didn't boomerang. Uh, they didn't make a certain, they moved straight. And their wings were joined together. They moved in a straight path. They went straight forward. The Bible said they did not turn. As they went, they went straight forward. God is looking for those that are willing to go straight forward, not to go to the right, not to go to the left, not to deviate the path, but go straight. Uh, the, the Bible lets us know that the path, the, the leading to the kingdom of God is a straight and narrow path. So you can't deviate. You can't uh, take shortcuts. You can't not take an alternate route. Uh, the Bible said that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Uh, no man comes unto the Father but by me. If you try going an alternate way, if you try going uh, through a different method, uh, whether it's uh, uh, another thought of theology, a thought of psychology or one of those avenues, uh, the Bible said you're a thief, uh, you're, you're stealing. 
You're trying to come up the wrong way instead of the right way. The only way is through Jesus Christ. And, and so uh, the Bible goes on to tell us there's is a straight path, a straightforward. And as for the likeness of their faces, therefore had face the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side, and they had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. So they had the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Ezekiel said it looked and it had the figure of a man. He had four faces, four wings, straight feet like calf feet. They were illuminated like polished brass. They had hands. Each of them had a face like a man, human form, had the face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of an eagle. Now, please understand this is not a mythical creature. It is not an Egyptian god or an idol someone created for pagan worship, but a living being residing in the presence of God for the uh, sole purpose of doing his will. Let me say that again. This is not a mythical creature. It is, an, it is not an Egyptian god or an idol someone created for pagan worship, but living beings residing in the presence of of sovereign God for the sole purpose of doing his will. We should ever uh, in our minds realize in the goodness of God that this life is a temporary assignment should also want to do the will of God, knowing that he is the creator of all. The Bible said in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. It tells us that all things was made by him. And so there was not anything that was made or anything that exists uh, that was not made by him. We should serve that God. He's sovereign. Uh, just as these beings are serving him in the capacity in which he desired. Four faces, one direction. Ezekiel said, as for the likeness of their faces, they had the four had the face of men. Man. You and I both know, we all know, women, children, uh, we can relate to the image. The image was the likeness or the form of a man, even if it is nothing but the face that we see. There's something, uh, there's something, there's more to it. And I, I'm not going into uh, any type of theology here. I just want to make sure that it's plain and simply understood that there is a representation that is going on. A man's face is relatable to all humanity in the essence that it has been created by God to symbolize something he is very compassionate about. God is compassionate about you. He's compassionate about the children. He's compassionate about the elderly. He's compassionate about the widows, the fatherless. He is compassionate about whatever is impacting humanity. God is impassionate. God is compassionate uh, and understand those that are taking advantage, the oppressors. Uh, he's compassionate about those that need freedom and those that are crying out, those that are seeking him. And, and, and so uh, he is very compassionate. And so when we look at the face of the being, we see that this being has a, or that these beings have a, a face like a man. Now, I'm going to go ahead and refer to them as cherubs. Uh, because they're, they're cherubs, they're angels, they're angelic beings. And, and these particular angelic beings 
uh, have the face on one side of that of a man. And so it is, again, relatable. A symbol is something that represents or stands for something else, especially a material object or manifested being that represents something that will exist. Uh, God, uh, I love what the Lord did. The Bible tells us over in Revelation as John was on the Isle of Patmos for the for the testimony and for the word of God, he said that he had a vision. Uh, and, and in that vision, he saw a lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the world. So even before the world was created, before Adam sinned, before Eve sinned, before they got out the will of God, God had already made provision. There was a symbolic, uh, there was a slaying that had already been done that John saw God made it plain. It was done before the foundation of the world. What provision have God already made for you uh, before your mom and dad came together, before uh, you were born, before anything happened, before their existence? What provision had God already made for you? You need to understand something that the vision is not just for one, it's for all. Uh, the Lord told Abraham, he said, the nations shall be blessed because of you, because of your obedience, because of what you do. And, and, and I'm not, I don't want to go too far into that, but we know and understand that Abraham, uh, even though he was considered the father of faith, uh, he was not flawless. God looked beyond our faults and saw our needs. And he still looked beyond fault and see the need of every individual, no matter who considered them to be the worst human being, the, the most wretched, uh, God can take uh, that individual and clean them up. He could take a coward. He could take someone that's very bold. He could take someone that has, that has been a predator. He could take someone that's to pray and straighten them all up where the lion lays with the lamb. And the lamb is laying with the lion. Well, let's go on here. A symbol is something that re represents or stands for something else, especially a material object or material or manifested being that represents something that will. A symbol is a mark, a sign, or word that indicate, signifies, or understood as representing an ideal object or relationship. Israel was in trouble. They were in trouble, and what Ezekiel was seeing was going to manifest itself. Remember, he saw the whirlwind. He saw the fire unfolding. He saw the bronze, the polished bronze, uh, the illumination, and he saw the angelic being that does the angelic beings that does the will of God. He saw more, but we're not going there tonight. In the case of a relationship with God and man, you, you ought to be glad. You ought to be glad you can nurture and should nurture a relationship with sovereign God. That's what Israel was not doing. That's why Ezekiel was by the river of Chabar. Uh, he was in captivity because of what Israel refused to do. They refused to acknowledge God. They refused to hold on to his judgments, his statutes, and to live in them. Therefore, they lived outside of them. If you do not live within the word of God, you are living outside of the word of God. You can say, I believe in God, and that's great. But the Bible says the devil believes and he trembles, uh, but he does not obey God. There are those that believe in God and they're not afraid of God. 
uh, it has gone on through history. The Bible said that that there was an unjust judge and he didn't fear God. He didn't fear man. He was very arrogant. And he confessed and said, I don't believe any of that. But this woman that's bugging me, I, I, I've got to do something for her because she's wearing my nerves down. The point is, is that he did not fear God. So there are those that do not fear God and they're only God situations. In this case, the relationship that God has with us, he was nurturing this and he was he got Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I'm calling you to be a prophet. I'm calling you to carry out my will. I'm giving you the vision. I'm going to give you multiple visions. My hand is up on you and you are going to speak the word. I love the fact that Ezekiel said expressly. Now, I've been in services where ministers have have spoken words to people and they said, you know, God is going to do something for you. But it was not clear. It was not expressed explicitly. It was not detailed. I'm here tonight to tell you that God does a very detailed job. When the Lord has a word for you, he knows how to speak that word exactly to you. It is spiritually discerned. And so there is no guessing at it. That's the kind of God that we serve. He's sovereign. He understands the intent of the heart. Uh, he tries the ways of man, even by his eyelashes, and he can flick the demon with his finger. And so... Uh, the angelic being not are not little pudgy babies. We see the paintings where they show angels as being little pudgy babies with blankets wrapped around them, holding hearts. Uh, I haven't found that anywhere in the word of God. Or they show uh, a half-dressed yellow-haired man, uh, which to me appears to be someone's fantasy. Uh, but I have not found that in the scripture. I have found angels to be very frightening, uh, very uh, uh, some pr will come and say uh, as they approach uh, Joseph and, and approach Mary and told them, don't don't be fearful. You know, but yet they were afraid because of the illumination, because of the power, because of the, the sudden presence of of an angelic being uh, from from wherever appearing. Uh, when Zechariah was in the temple, the angel Gabriel came and spoke to him and said, I stand in the presence of God. And, and so uh, he didn't say that this was a pudgy uh, little baby with a heart. He didn't say this was some uh, somebody fantasy of an angel, a yellow headed man. But it was someone that was that stood in the presence of God and represented the power of God, the power of God enough to say that, look, your wife, Elizabeth, that was not able to have a baby, have not had one up to this day, is going to have a child. And you're going to call his name John. Bless your Lord God. Angelic beings. But the representation, the representation that we see here is of his deity. It represents four principles, four principles that Israel should not have ignored. You and I have to recognize that there are principles that cannot be ignored. Whether you accept it or not, you will and should recognize that there are four faces, but one direction. We can think about what we want to do and we can try to summarize it and put it into our own perspective. Uh, and, and I agree, the word of God is without a personal uh, interpretation, but one thing for sure is that the word of God 
is exactly as he says it. The word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept must be followed. The face of a man represents humanity and the concern that God has for every person on the face of the earth. Every person that is experiencing, whether it is good, the bad, or the ugly, God is concerned about that. And so uh, he shows him a vision of what is standing and what is in his presence. And friends, as we go further into the word of God, to look at the four faces, to see the direction in which they go, what they do, uh, will have all of us will have better understanding and better appreciation for what God has done, what God wants to do, what he is going to do, how the Lord is going to work in our lives. Uh, the Lord was at work in the lives of his people that refused to walk in his judgment. He was at work in the lives of the people that refused to listen to his statutes. He was at work in the lives of the people that chose not to live in them. Let's choose to follow his statutes. Let's choose to follow his judgments. Let's choose to follow and live in his word. Again, we believe in faith. We believe in being faithful. We believe in being bold. We believe the church. Uh, we are the church of God and facing opposition by obeying the word of God. That is the only way to live. God bless you. I hope and I pray that something has been said this evening that is uh, beneficial, that is a blessing unto you. And again, we're at 524 East, Pas East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Our website, ConnectingTruth.org. We would love to hear from you. And certainly our prayers, let's continue to pray for those that are bereaved. Let's continue to pray for the families that are suffering right now. There are those that are, uh, as you hear on the news, the, the sickness that is going on. Let's continue to pray for one another. Uh, I personally have friends that are in the China area that when I left uh, Hong Kong back in January, January 6th, and when I arrived here, I heard about the sickness. They were already telling me about it before it even hit the news media here. And so we certainly want to remember everyone in prayer, uh, you know, as we uh, believe the word of God. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. I will hear their land. We need to come together. I think there's enough that believe that if we all pray, it will make a difference. The thing that, that makes that uh, the apostles' experience is that when they, the work of God was being carried out, the politicians could not ignore it. God does a work that no one can't ignore. Again, God bless you. Uh, we'll be back again Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to give God praise and glory and to magnify him because he is sovereign. Again, God bless you.